What, what did I just say? gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host adam porters and i'm joined by matt smith yolo <laughs> expecting that one uh we are back everybody and uh i think we're gonna have a good time today man we got a lot of stuff to cover man this is uh this is hmp proper st- or not hp film find proper stuff here we've got three big old reviews for you uh, we're going to be covering uh, the new one uh, from Martin Campbell, uh, The Foreigner, uh, starring Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, we have Professor Marsden and the Wonder wo- Woman. Women? Wo- women. They're women. There's two of them women. in there. And uh, we'll be finishing everything up with Happy Death Day, the new one from Blumhouse, which uh, was at number one this weekend, yes? Uh, let me tell you, those guys, we say it here a thousand times over, but it's true every single time. Man, when you can spend $6 million on a movie and you open up with like, what, 28, was it? Yeah, it was a, it was a haul. Uh, Something around there. They, quite, they, they yeah, do one all right. Uh, 20, 26. <laughs> there we did, go. Uh, in the weekend. So, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing down there. And uh, I, that's where I'm, I'm really I'm curious for the upcoming M. Night movie. Um, 4.8 million on that budget, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, it, like it, it's done nothing all week. But that weekend, uh, like more than made it. So who gives a shit? Yeah, you count foreign sales in with that. You, you know, you're, you're, you know. We're sitting at 35 <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's ridiculous, dude. So. The, they know what they're doing, so I'm ex- I'm excited for the upcoming M Night. I'm excited for mm-hmm. like I I can't believe I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Spawn. I mean, they're going to be Blumhouse is doing a Spawn movie directed by Todd McFarlane. Like what? Yeah, that's going to be a thing, man. But uh, at this point, they're while I don't know that maybe every one of them is an out of the park home run. They're always it's a good solid you know double or triple every single one of them. You know they're all right. Uh-huh. None of them are horrible, horrible, I don't think. No. Unless you count some of these super early stuff. The uh, You probably like this, but the, the Boogeyman, that was really bad. <laughs> that was a piece of garbage. Oh, man. That's early Blumhouse, though. I can't I can't fault him for that. That's was that early... even them? That has to be pre-Blumhouse. This company didn't even you exist sure? until... I think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Something about me thinks that that's a thing. I don't know. The... The boogeyman, I like. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up Blue. Oh, the book of my knowledge. But... I don't know. I just, I for some reason, I f- I feel like that was the first place I saw it was on that flick. No, because because Blumhouse formed after, uh, um, Paranormal Activity, like officially. I thought that was yeah. like their first big big thing. Was like their yep. first kind of no. First, uh, first film release, Paranormal Activity, then two, then Insidious, then on from there. Oh, well, fuck me then. All right, well. 
Good. Don't, good. Then, then I'm sorry. Then your reputation uh, is even better than I had put together. Mm-hmm. Except you like the Insidious movies more than I do. Did you see the Did you see the uh, trailer for the latest one? Oh, yeah. One? I'm really excited about it. I think the best thing that that franchise ever did was uh, focus on uh, Lynn Shay's character. I like her as an actress. I, I got I mean, I, I'm not, like I said, I, the first movie bored me to death. And I, and I may, before this one, I may go back and watch the others just on account of, at this point, it's one of those. Three, three's good. Second is like a, a direct continuation of okay. the first film. Three is all about Lynn Shay mm-hmm. and, and like that psychic character. And then this one's just that too. And like, I, I think that was the right move to make, I think, as far as a uh, franchising goes. I'll like, go back and I'll watch, watch Lynn Shay uh, smoke and have skin cancer. Now, is that out this month? Uh, wait, uh, Insidious? Yeah. The, no, no, it can't be. What a what a what a bonehead move that was, right? But then again, I mean, they'd be biting into I, their. I want to say it comes out in Jan- Yep, January, January fifth. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean that that's kind of what they what they've been doing. Like Blumhouse is really good about that, uh, like counter programming. Yeah, and then programming where nothing's in there, but it, it's odd how, like, really February, though, has become, like, the kind of... I mean, maybe Deadpool's the first one to blame for this. I, I say blame, but that's not really the... You know, that that implies something bad went wrong. Right. Uh, but February's becoming kind of a hot spot for, for flicks to come in for some reason. That was always kind of a death... You know, really January Yeah, February was always the month where it was just, like, wasteland. Like, January... You would get kind of interesting things, things that studios didn't really know what to do with or that they were specifically putting out against the Oscar films. Yeah, or just like kind of or leftovers that were in the small limited markets and stuff. Right. Which but but like February was the wasteland, right? Yeah. Like just bullshit every year. But it's it's. I think both Paul Blarts came out in February. Just to give you an example. No, I think you're right. I think you're, I think you're right. I think. And and yeah. and a few years back, I think actually after uh, Paul Blart two, actually no, first one came out. Um, uh, let's see. Well, if that was yeah, song... first one was January. Okay, so and then garbage. the second one was April. But um, there was something in that year in 2015. We're like we were really surprised that it came out in February because it was really fucking good, hmm. and and we could only and I can't remember what it was, but I remember us thinking like, this is just an instance of a studio not knowing what in the hell to do with a movie. Yeah, accidentally it was just like every now and then you'll stumble into a spot where you're just like, hey, look at what we did. It's like, did you really do that though? Uh, as far as you're aware, we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got stuff to look forward to, man. A lot of different things like that. Uh, first of all, do want to thank everybody that's, uh, helped us out there on patreon.com slash the film find. Uh, for those of you that are doing that, you are getting extra material out there. Uh, you know, Matt and I did a, uh, an episode on, uh, psycho that we released. Uh, you'll, you guys on the regular feed, will get that not too awful long. And we've got more things coming down the pipe for you. So if you want to get those things early, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash the film find. The link is in the show notes there. Go ahead and click on that. And uh, any amount gets you into the stuff, man. That's what we want to, you know, just kind of get the word out, get people in uh, to what we're doing here. And we thank each and every one of you uh, that's, I think we're at like, what, 13 uh, people supporting right now? So that's, I mean, it's awesome, man. So it's good. So thank you guys so much for that. And uh, we got more stuff coming down the pipeline for you guys. So uh, get yourself some exclusive uh, content earlier, everybody. 
And uh, I got some more. We, we've always got more plans and stuff in the future for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's patreon.com slash the film find. And if you'd like to email us, email us at the film find at gmail.com or just go review us on iTunes. Anything that you can to help get the word out and uh, just tell other people about the show, man. If you can't, uh, if you can't donate financially, I get it. hundred percent understand. Uh, but if you can, awesome. If you can't just go tell somebody, you know what I mean? Just, just uh, help it along. I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure you know somebody listen. knows something about this. Anywho, let's get into the program here, Matt. What have you been watching? Uh, been watching some stuff I've seen a lot before. Yeah, but but really enjoying it. Uh, October for me is horror movie time. Not like the rest of the year is not or something. Everybody should know by now that that is uh, what I spend most of my time giving a shit about. Um. But uh, October holds a special place in my heart, and so I've been re-watching a few things. Uh, first up, uh, just very briefly, uh, yesterday, starting at work, because it was a really slow day and I was just uh, doing um, like data entry shit, uh, I started watching Stranger Things over again mm-hmm. and, uh, and finished it uh, last night. So I watched all <laughs> eight episodes yesterday. Uh, that show's still damn good. Well, that's one I I uh, I'm I have uh, just recently bought on Blu-ray. Sure, you can get it on Netflix, but they put out a special edition VHS style box uh, for that. And if you go to our YouTube page, you can actually see that man. And it's, of course, it's up on our uh, Facebook uh, site as well, Facebook.com/slash/TheFilmFind. Uh, but I went through, did a little unboxing video so you can kind of see what's in it and everything. I will say this: it does not play on my Xbox One. It does play on other Blu-ray players in the house. Uh, but not on the Xbox One for some weird and crazy reason. Don't know now, uh, why. Can, can I ask you this? You can. Uh, what, if any, special features are there? Uh, I, I haven't explored the discs themselves because, like I said, in the one thing, they didn't work for a while. Uh, from what I understand, though, looking at other people's stuff, sadly, I don't think there's anything on them. That is why I haven't purchased a single Netflix series on Blu-ray. I, it really does I, feel like a, am, a boner move, doesn't it? Or at least it's, I am of the inclination to have purchased like Jessica Jones on Blu-ray, for example. But there are no special features whatsoever. So what's and, the what's the point? Because I already have the HD streaming. Yeah, for me, it was literally how yeah, cool the, the thing is. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and I will uh, probably pick that up myself. But you know, I do like. Come on, guys, like. This is a collector's market at this point. I know that you're putting it out there to like monetize that show uh, for people who maybe can't stream, who don't have Netflix, and you're like, oh, make a quick buck selling this on Blu-ray. But like, the people who are actually going to spend their fucking money on this uh, would like to have something. Want some stuff, yeah. you know? Like, if you don't want to handle it. Netflix outsource stuff like this to, uh, I don't know, Shout Factory or Scream Factory. Like, let them handle it. They'll do yeah. it because it'll it'll hit their profit margin. I guarantee it would. Yeah, that's the thing. There are there are people that will help out with this, even if it's like even almost even fan type stuff to like. I mean, like you know, obviously somebody with some skill and stuff. You're not going to hire Johnny off the street. Uh, but there are capable, you know, filmmakers and people that could put together things for this. I mean, you could literally hire two people to, you know, come and shoot on set documentaries and stuff that you could put into these collections and everything. It seems like a real easy move. And again, if you can, uh, you can also sit there and go, okay, check this out. Here's where we stream all the stuff. Isn't that super cool? Yes, obviously. Well, 
if you want this exclusive documentary all about a making of and you'll have you know a cool package or something else like that why don't you drop 30 bucks on down by the blu-ray and everything and people mm-hmm. would do that man and it's like for what you would make back from it from what it would cost you to do is negligible so right. silly Anyway, uh, so I, so I rewatched uh, Stranger Things in its entirety. I'll one be doing that this sitting week. <laughs> basically minus a drive home um, while I was doing other stuff. But it, this was like my third or fourth time watching the whole thing. Uh, it was still still great, still really great. Um, also, a few days ago, I, I did a double feature of both uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six and Seven. Um, those are the fun ones. I like to call them. Yeah, before uh, you get into eight and nine, which are just garbage. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry, well, also, fans. Also, they're garbage. Like five is not very good. Uh, five is okay. Has, well, five is okay because it's like it's almost it's like weird a one. weird sequel. Because they sort were of, because they were going to stop using Jason Voorhees. Yeah, they were trying to introduce a new villain. Um, in any case, uh, what I like a whole lot about six and seven is that this is finally where. Uh, Jason becomes a supernatural entity and thus more logical that he can keep going and killing people in absurd ways. Because before this, he's just the same dude that's been killing people since Friday the 13th part two. Um, and in fact, like all two through four all take place over like a series of days. It's not even years away, right? Like literally three and four are bookended with one another. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's literal scenes from the, the previous movie right. in it. Yeah. Yeah. At the very beginning. Right. Like, and so, um, but, but six, uh, is where, you know, like, uh, Tommy Jarvis goes, goes to the graveyard, uh, because he's, uh, he doesn't think that Jason's really dead. And then he like is an idiot and he stabs him with a giant fucking metal pole and then lightning strikes it and reanimates his corpse and he immediately starts killing people. And it's great. Because the as, body counts are as good. dead bodies are wont to do, we know that. As, as they do, right? Um, I I don't know. I really love six and seven. Eight is garbage. Uh, I don't know why he goes to Manhattan. He literally ends up there for like five fucking minutes at the end of the movie. Um, I'll probably end up watching it anyway because I've got that back half of of the shit to watch now. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do uh, eight, and Jason goes to hell. Jason X, and then <laughs> Jason goes to hell's a piece of shit too. That's just awful. All of them are after after eight or after seven. They're all bad. Like there's mm-hmm. not even really fun things about them. It's just like, well, I'm gonna keep going through it because that's what I'm setting. There's my mind. one really cool Dude. death in and Jason then, X. Yeah, there, uh, look, there are one a couple cool, death. cool deaths <laughs> in one in each of those movies, right? But that's like. Yeah, there's some funny bits in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five and Six, but like I don't, <laughs> but care. I don't watch them. <laughs> right, I know better. Um, but anyway, then I'll uh, then I'll of course you know Freddy versus Jason is all it's right. great. Um, anyway, so I did that. The other thing that I rewatched, uh, and uh, if you guys have never seen this, Adam and I reviewed it. You can look it up on the film find. Uh, Adam, you remember this movie? You're next. Oh yeah. Yeah, by Adam Wingard. Uh, really good take, uh, like very thoughtful, fun, gory, appropriately absurd and over the top in many ways. Uh, low budget. 
slasher slash home invasion thriller. It's really fun. The, yeah, uh, and it's it a, holds it's, up, man. It's a blast. It's like it's like it's just scary enough without being too crazy off the walls. It's not like like the strangers or anything else like that. It's not like that. Right. But it is like, you know, dialed up to eleven, home invasion kinda like and there's a bit of gore and stuff, which is nice. Uh, but it's a, that was like an odd bird that uh-huh. was like that did so well at festivals and stuff like that got bought and then kind of sat in that limbo for what like three four years. Uh, I, I think like it was that. picked up pretty quickly, um, like maybe a year and a half, which is not atypical for the festival circuit stuff. At least then, right? Like now the now the windows accelerated. But back in two thousand eleven, when it came out and was doing the rounds on the festival, uh, you know. It was not unheard of for something to sit there for a year, year and a half, and it did. It came out in 2013. No, no, I'm saying it was bought, but, but they just didn't just distribute it. Until oh, then. yeah, for sure, right? But that was not unheard of, I, I think, right? Like, it was a longer window back then. Maybe. I, just, I think it it's felt, just collapsed it just felt now. longer. I guess. Right? Uh, but I, but I will say, uh, there is only one song in this movie that is not score, and it's uh, it's uh, by the Dwight Twilley Band. And uh, Adam Wingard gets his fucking money's worth out of paying that song's license fee. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but it's played over and over and over again. Not in like a bad way. Right. Right. Because what happens is at the beginning of the movie, they kill a couple after they uh, played played by um, shit. I forget her name. She's in a few other things that I like. But but like Larry Fessenden, right? Who's like this indie horror icon. Right. Um they both like they get murdered after they've uh, just had sex and the song's playing on the CD player uh, downstairs on the stereo system. And uh, of course they get killed and it's like, it's on loop. So it's just continuously playing. So anytime a character goes to that house, that song like is booting up or going through the middle of it. And uh, it also plays over the end credits, but man, he gets his uh, money's worth out of that license fee. I'll tell you that it couldn't have been that much to begin with. Cause I don't know if you've heard of the Dwight Twilley band before. Have uh, I? <laughs> well, you, well. Here's the here's the thing, though. I mean, uh, that song was a hit, right? Like back in the seventies, but still, you know. <laughs> you know what it was initially, though, right? What's that? Friday night and the lights are low. It's it it does it. not the same quality when people are just getting eviscerated while. <laughs> Hey, why are you guys wearing those animal masks? What the hell's going on here? Am I trying to get killed? Well, that's it. I'm going after you with this blender. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I, I do think I do think that it's hilarious uh, to to imagine Larry Fessenden having sex to that. Larry Fessenden bumping it up. <laughs> get to the chorus, you sons of bitches. There it is. I'm just like, how long? There's like th- two minutes before it gets to the chorus. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's 70s pop, so you've got two <laughs> two verses, then the chorus. Then we're going to give you the chorus. verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Right? Bridge, verse, chorus. Then a long send out to the end. <laughs> yeah, long send out. Maybe there's a guitar solo somewhere before the bridge or immediately after it. Good to go. 45 minutes later, thanks to the um, end of that song. That's when you go out and pee if you're working at the radio station. But uh, but yeah, Your Next is uh, pretty fucking awesome. And if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it is well worth your time. Um, it, it's, I think, one of the great uh, indie horror movies of the decade. I, I really do think it's amazing. It's a, it's a quick one. It's like an hour and a half. 
uh, get in, get out. It's really nasty, uh, but a lot of fun. So uh, that's what I've been watching outside of the things we're going to talk about. So what have you been watching? Well, I, uh, I just got finished watching the first two episodes of the new Netflix series, Mind Hunter. Um, uh, direct first two episodes and last two episodes uh, directed by David Fincher. Uh, also kind of co-produced the thing. And uh, good stuff. I've heard that uh, people don't like it because they don't ever uh, call themselves mind hunters. What? Who is? I'm ju- I'm just kidding. But but people do make that joke. <laughs> Would you say that we're mind hunters? Oh, I I also haven't. Uh, so I haven't watched any of this, and I haven't looked at any things, mm-hmm. and I've really like I've kind of muted it on Twitter so that I don't get spoiled for anything because I was looking forward to the show and still am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want you to spoil one thing for me if if it's happened. Okay. Does John Carroll Lynch play a serial killer? Uh, I have not seen John Carroll Lynch. I'll say that. Okay. All right. Well, I'm curious to see if he pops up at any point because that would be the best Zodiac in joke in the world. Now there, there is a, there's a, there's a quick mention of Zodiac, but that's about it. Oh, sure. Right. It's I mean, well, it should be right. Cause like when the Zodiac was going around, they hadn't defined serial killer yet. Right. Yeah. So, so of course they would, but. I'm just curious. He may not even be in it. I, I just think probably, like I don't think he is. I, at least as far I, as I know. But but I imagine that it would be fun to have, just have him pop in. It's not even the Zodiac. Just as something. <laughs> he just shows up in another job, just going, "Oh, hey, hey, what's up, fans?" Uh, yeah, or he or he's the one that comes out and calls him like, "What are you guys? Some kind of mine hunters?" Peace, everybody. I'm out of here. <laughs> 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 like literally it's just like what it's like 1976 what the hell is this about yeah right anyway uh but yeah so it's it's in the late 70s two fbi agents uh expand criminal science uh into the psychology of murder and getting easily uh uneasily close to real monsters uh so what these two characters uh played by jonathan uh groff and uh holt uh, uh, McCallie, McCanny, Sure, I haven't. I've not looked at anything. Like you, uh, you'd recognize, you'd recognize the older uh, guy. He's he's been in a couple of Fincher flicks and stuff. He was in Alien Three. He was in. Uh, he had a small role in Fight Club, and he was somebody that Fincher always was just like, you know, I really like this guy, but I've never really found anything that would be right for him in a large capacity. Uh, but he's really, uh, yeah, he's great. Okay, yeah, he's one of those character actors that you know you look at it and you just go, oh, I know that guy. Uh, he's really good, but um, this is all about like so you know he works at the, like in yeah, a different wasn't he department. Like a, wasn't he a mel- like a military dude in uh, Jack in that Jack Reacher movie, the most recent one? Wasn't he like yeah one of yeah, the yeah, bad yeah yeah guys? yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he's fucking good. Yeah, I think he was the okay, one that anyway. was like in the uh, yeah he he was the guy like who he like set up or whatever, and then just beat the yeah. crap out of him in his office or whatnot. Okay, yeah, that's why. Okay, cool. I know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah, okay, he's real awesome. good. Anyway, sorry. Keep but uh, yeah, no, it's it's really good, and they he wants to. It's it's the seventies, right? So we we're not really used to looking at the, uh, I you know the mindset of of killers, especially serial killers, which at this point mm-hmm. had not even the term itself had not even yet been coined. 
And uh, we, this guy thinks, the younger guy thinks, hey, hey, there might be more to this. He teaches like a class over at Quantico and stuff, trying to teach people about like the nature of, of, of killers and whatnot. And, and, and it's really interesting because a lot of it also kind of can really be related to today. To where, you know, it's a lot of, they have like conversations with like, F, you know, potential FBI people and police officers and things of that nature where it's just like, well, we need to understand why these people do these sorts of things or figure out what we need to do because he's in hostage negotiation. And he's just like, you know, we need to, you know, figure out how we can solve this and just be able to talk to these people and get these things through. And they're like, yeah, bullets are cheaper, though. You know, so their their, their idea is like, hey, let's just shoot these people down and, you know, let God sort them out later. Kind mm-hmm. of deal. That sounds so right. Like the police would do that. <laughs> so it's so, just something about contemporary yeah. politics where they would be like, yeah, let's they, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of that in here. But which at the in, but at the seventies and stuff, you can totally see this coming into play and everything, and how it completely makes sense that that would be the ideal at this time is that you know because a lot of looking into, uh, you know, people's past and stuff or their different motives and things. People that you know had not had any sort of previous you know crime or anything, all of a sudden you know. They, do they just snap or is it does it have to do something with their past and stuff and so they're going around and interviewing people uh, and trying to figure out what might this be could this be a thing and of course you know the upper brass doesn't want them to do it and stuff like that because you know hey look I you know we just know that these people are crazy we got to put them away or put them in the ground one or the other and it doesn't like they're they're nuts why would we need to go and interview people to find out what's in their head what's in their head is crazy just you know, Forget about it. And they don't realize that, hey, this could help us learn and possibly prevent these things in the future. Uh, so very short-sighted as far as like from the top brass go. Uh, but so far, really interesting. You know, I, I love Fincher coming in and kind of setting up the framework for stuff to make everything look as good as it does. And just kind of, I'm sure that quality will keep throughout as it did with like House of Cards. Uh, but, uh, good stuff, man. So far I, I dig it. I think it's 10 episodes on Netflix and it's available right now. And, uh, people s- tend to dig it. I will say this, it is slow. Uh, but I think in a good way, there are some people that I, I yeah, think that's will, fine. Will, I know people that it. think Zodiac is slow and they're fucking wrong. It's yeah. Good. Zodiac's great too. It's like, so it's, it's like that where it's just like, we're taking our time. We're getting to know people. Like, I don't even think we start an interview until, maybe the end of episode one, beginning of episode two, I think even beginning of episode two. But so like you take a while to get there. You were you know, the whole first scene. I, I don't even think we meet the older guy until the end, of, almost the end of first episode. So they really take their time to let you know who these characters are. And you're, you're sitting in this world. It's not just going bang, 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 bang to, you know, enter- but it's to me, everything that's coming out of it is really, really good. So, uh, I'll uh, I'll give an update on that when I finish it out. So it shouldn't be too awful long because uh, I am engrossed. It's very good. Uh, other than that, uh, the only other thing that I've really done outside of the movies that we'll be reviewing in just a moment is I did pick up uh, the new South Park game, South Park: The uh, uh, <laughs> Fractured But Whole. Uh, so, uh-huh. so so I was a uh, I was a big fan of the Stick of Truth when that came out. And yeah. by the way, if you haven't played Stick of Truth, if you buy the Fractured Butthole, you actually get a uh, little thing inside for a free digital copy of that game. So, first of uh, all, I would definitely... So, you know, for 60 bucks, you can get two games. Uh, one of which, uh, you know, the first one, which I would suggest playing first, uh, because the other one, the second one does have, like, references back to the first game, but the, uh, the play mechanics are a little bit different for the second one, so you may... If you went if you went second game first and then went to the first game, you may be like, oh, but where's the stuff that I like? Because it's not there. Okay. 
So play the first one second, or first one first, second one second. Uh, but it's it's more of what you love, man. The first South Park game was like it was so good because it was actually done by the guys. This was their first actual one that they put their names on and everything, where they wrote the script for it. They made sure everything looked like it it was supposed to. And these are guys that truly like video games and truly like RPGs. And you can tell by just everything that goes into this from getting stuff to crafting items to, you know, the turn-based, you know, combat systems and things like that. Uh, It's really, really great. And and then, of course, being South Park, there's a lot of, uh, you know, great subversive stuff in it and everything there as well. Uh, <laughs> you do have, uh, like you, you get to like with your character sheet, right? So it's just like, you know, D and D or anything else you get to pick like your class and everything like that. And this of course, with modern times and everything, you get to choose your own gender. You can do male, female, or other and then you can choose whether you're gay or, you know, uh, gay or cisgender or all there's 8 billion things they get to. And, uh, and they weave it into the story. Because I, I chose to be, you know, the, a straight white male. And then, of course, Rednecks pulled up and said, oh, we don't like no cisgenders. And then just decided to fight me. <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb. It's so stupid. Uh, but is, uh, it, it, and again, does stuff that you, can, like, you can only get away with with uh, South Park. And one of the funniest things that most people find out when they first play is when you're creating your character and everything, uh, you do have a slider for the scale of difficulty. So you have all the way to very easy to all the way to very difficult. And the difference in uh, the uh, you know difficulty that you pick will be the difference of your skin color. So if it's very easy, you're all the way down at lily white, where if it's very difficult, you're very black. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and it's uh, it's, and it's funny because uh, Cartman just goes, look, this won't affect combat, just every other aspect of your life. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's funny they get away with stuff as as only South Park can, and uh, if last week's episode actually is was the episode that aired on Comedy Central is the prequel to the video game, so check that out. But uh, fun times. I'm probably about six hours in, but uh, stole a lot of my time the other night. So uh, I've if you dig South Park, if you dig the game, uh, the previous game, I would suggest pick it up. If you didn't play the previous game, this one costs 60 bucks, and you get both games. So how can you go wrong? All right, that is it for what you've been watching, everybody. Let's jump into our reviews. Here is the uh, trailer for The Foreigner. Everyone's already inside. An explosion rocks the city today. 20,000 pounds for the names of the bombers. That's not how we do things here. Hello? Mr. Hennessy, he's here again. That's five days in a row now. What does he want? His daughter was killed in the bombing. Mr. Hennessy, please find out the names of the bombers. I work for the government, not terrorists. You used to work for them. I don't know who the bombers are. Believe in you. It's him. You would tell me the names of the bombers. They kill me on Tuesday. He's trained. Bury me on Wednesday. Maybe special forces. Mom for me Thursday. Stop! She's wearing the blue! gotta let me go. He just wants you to know he can get to you. What is going on? He thinks I know who blew up his daughter. Do you? Somebody say a prayer for me. If they kill me on Friday, 
Of half the city looking for him. Bury me on Sunday. Home for me Monday. Then you gotta live me day. Home for me Monday. Then you gotta live me Circles around a lot of us. It's ahead of us every step of the way. Open it up. the trailer for the foreigner our first new release review of this week here's the imdb plotline as we know imdb always 100 percent correct in everything they say and or do a humble businessman with a uh, buried past seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism a cat and mouse conflict ensues with a government official who whose past may hold clues to the killer's identities this is starring jackie chan and pierce brosnan directed by martin campbell and now, Matt, this was one we were uh, looking looking awful forward to, yeah? Yes, we were. And uh, what were your kind of thoughts on it and everything? I think, what, did it open up second or third this week? Uh, well, let me pull up the old boxofficemojo.com. Official not-sponsor of the show. They should sponsor us, though. <laughs> they should. Um, it opened up third. Okay. But a respectable third. Not too far beyond or below uh, Blade Runner. However, uh, I think it's really good. Thirty-five million dollar budget, so I mean, it looks like it's it looks like it costs more than that. I'll say that. It it does, and it's doing uh, amazingly well overseas, as one would might imagine. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a British film, one, right? Um, and you look at every production company on the front of this thing, man. That like mm-hmm. ev- every country's got a hand in this bad boy. Yeah, and it, it's doing really well overseas. It's already globally uh, pulled 104, closing in on 105. So I don't think it's a it's going to be a flop by any right. real measure. Uh, and remember, just it is a domestic film. Or, I mean, a, a foreign film here. So the domestic gross is kind of in line where like foreign films tend to be, even big ones, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's very well made. I like Martin Campbell a whole lot. I think Jackie Chan's pretty fucking awesome in this thing. Um, and it's also a really compelling IRA thriller, which I was not actually expecting. Yeah, I, I wish I liked this movie. I, I, I just... Oh, I, no! Yeah, I was just kind of bored with it. Like, And, you know, some of the, some of the action scenes are fun when that kind of kicks up. Uh, I just, I don't care about any of these people. I don't, uh, like, I, I don't care about Jackie Chan. Um, I don't, it didn't feel like Pierce Brosnan's character was evil or mean enough. Uh, and here's the thing, like, Jackie Chan's character, like, I understand where he's coming from and why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, he's also just killing a lot of people that, you know, I, I don't know that they're all guilty, but it just seems like, wow, you are murdering a ton well, of people. Well, he's, he's killing people who are standing around with guns trying to kick his ass and shoot him in the woods. Now, some of that, I, so look, some of it, I'll I get that. some of it, I get, but some <laughs> of it I, I, I have watched and I was just like, but, oh, okay. He's just murdering everybody. eh? Well, he, he warned him. He said, give me the fucking names, man. And Pierce Brosnan said, 
no, I've got an Irish accent in this movie. And he fucking didn't do it. <laughs> do you, know? you buy this? <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so that was, that was the thing. Like, I, I um, I, I do not have a moral quandary. I also do think uh, Pierce Brosnan's character is actually evil in this movie, but it it's in a very, get this, banal way. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, he's just a shit-fucking politician out to do a bunch of bullshit for himself, and because he's a selfish shitheel, he gets a bunch of uh, people killed. I think that's actually more evil than the fucking IRA guy that gives the order to blow up the fucking dress shop or whatever the hell and kills his daughter. Because at least that guy has an ideology behind it. Uh, right? It's the it's the whole scene in, to quote uh, Cassidy and Krista's favorite movie from the Coen brothers, The Big Lebowski. Uh, <laughs> say what you will about the tenets of national socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. <laughs> You know, like like the IRA may may be like morally uh, fucked on the let's not murder innocent people front, but at least they have a belief system behind it. This motherfucker has abandoned that belief belief system and is now just a shit politician trying to save his own skin at all costs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really do think that's an evil <laughs> evil fucker. You know. Um, I just you're right. I at the same time, I guess it was portrayed boringly to me. It's just like he's everything he did because it felt like he was just. I could be wrong. This felt like he was just concentrating on doing that accent so hard he didn't care about the rest of the acting. Uh, yeah, I wish they had gotten an Irish person to do that shit. I mean, if like, you got like, Liam right, Neeson like, in there, dude, get fucking uh, what's his name that's over here in a bunch of American films now uh, Gleason's kid get him to do that shit he's too young they wouldn't have get Gleason to do it <laughs> get, if, Gleason, if Gleason would have been in it it would have been it it's, right. and again I think Gleason probably and nothing against Pierce Brosnan because I do like the guy but he wouldn't have had to focus on the accent he could have I mean, just played the role well and and here here is another another thing that might have been brilliant uh I mean, like, I didn't hate Brosnan, but uh, here you are. You're making what is essentially a, an older star action vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. A revenge thriller. No, it would have been a fun Irish, uh, Northern Irish cast for this bad guy. Flip the script a little bit. Mr. Taken himself, Liam Neeson. What, what did I just say? We're going to pretend that Adam didn't mention that three minutes ago? No, I just got it, I got to it in a more rambling way, <laughs> motherfucker. That's all it was. But 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 no, right? I'm like like, this like is we're the man in agreement speaks. here. That that we're in agreement though. Get get fucking Mister Taken in here mm -hmm. for those thematic reasons. Be an interesting take, and uh, you can do a fucking Irish accent. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it would. It, you wouldn't have to um, struggle for it. And it just it sounds like he's it sounded like he was just like constantly just trying to keep that accent in check. And on account of it, every other bit of acting sucked because it just seemed like I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't filled with a lot of emotion. Now, I know that may be part of part of the character, but I, I don't know. I just didn't feel it. Well, I, I really liked this movie a lot, man. I thought the action was pretty compelling. Uh, I like Jackie Chan acting. Um, which he's always done, but like not always in a dramatic role like this. Yeah. Um, he's like actually very compelling to watch on screen just 
as a dramatic force, um, which is interesting because he's such a physical guy, right? Like uh, yeah, to it, see him tone down a little bit, even in his physical moments is like kind of intriguing to me. Yeah. It's a little bit more subdued than, than, than normal and everything. Uh, but I, I still think I could be wrong, but I still think we're getting everything done from him. Uh, in, in, in all the cases I, I would think, but, um, I just like, I mean, I wish, I wish I felt more for when his, when his daughter gets blown up at the beginning. Uh, it's like we meet her, like we, she's literally on screen for two, three minutes, maybe. Uh, well, you know, um, I'm sure we have listeners who would agree with me when I say this, but, uh, dude, this is a, this is a movie made by men and she's a woman and doesn't matter until, except for being a plot point. So I, I just, you know, make me, make me sad. That's she's a joke, gone. motherfucker. God I get, damn it. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just, I'm still, I it's just, yeah, it's, I, I understand. Right. But like here here's where I think some of the issue lies. And this is a problem I have with it as, as well. Right. Is that, uh, in comparison to the first taken, this movie does not fare too well. Right. And, and it's because what it's doing is a very similar thing, but it does not play for pulp. Right. And I, and I think you need an element of that, um, in there. And I wish there were more. So if it has a flaw, like a serious one, it's that like, Martin Campbell uh, has made a very serious, earnest movie. You know, I didn't put a, I didn't put a, a little finger like on it. Jolt. But yeah. I, I didn't put my finger on it, but I think that may be it. I, and maybe I'll watch a second time and have a different thing. Maybe I was, maybe I was expecting, you know, more, more, more of a pulpy nature to it based upon kind of the trailer and everything. I mean, I'll be honest that, that I, I'd, I'd never put that together, but that may very well be a possibility. So at some point down the road, I'll watch this again to kind of, you know, see if I can flush it out you know, my, my previous thoughts. Cause maybe I mean, it's happened before I've come into things with, you know, a false sense of like, Hey, this is what this is supposed to be. And I rail on people about this and stuff too, <clears throat> where, uh, they just go, this wasn't the movie that I wanted. And it's like, no, 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 you, you're not supposed to bag on the, you know, you're, you're not supposed to review the movie that you wanted to see. You have to re- review the movie that you got. So that may be, that may be the case here. So I'm, you know, I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it that. We'll anyway. do another watch at some point. Anyways, let's jump into movie number two here. Here is the trailer for Professor Marsden and the Wonder Women. Who's Charles Moulton? That is my pseudonym. Why don't you write Wonder Woman under your real name? Because most Americans have a low opinion of comic book writers. Or is it something else? A person is most happy when they are submissive to a loving authority. I want to study her. She'll break your heart. You'll be jealous. I'm your wife, not your jailer. I think you long for an unconventional life. Maybe I just want her because you do. It's possible to love two people at the same time. Why not? What is normal? It can never happen. The world won't let it. The world can't stop us. 
Is this what you really want? Dr. Marston, every issue of Wonder Woman is filled with violence, torture, and sadomasochism. This abnormal behavior in your comic is reckless. A woman must not be told how to use her freedom. She must find out for herself. If you want to understand the mind of a woman, you can start with that. You are brilliant, pure of heart, hilarious, ferocious. You are my life. Wonder Woman has a secret identity. Why is that? She has to hide her true self from man's world. What would happen if Wonder Woman's secret identity was revealed? Everything would be lost. I wonder if you were the one with the secret identity. All right, that was the trailer for Professor Marsden and the Wonder Women. Uh, this is the IMDb plot line, the story of the psychiatrist William Molden Marsden and the polyamorous relationship between his wife and his mistress, the creation of his beloved comic book character Wonder Woman, and the controversy the comic generated. This is uh, written and directed by Angela Robinson, starring Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall, and Bella Heathcote. Um... Yeah, we'd actually we covered a bit of the uh, the kind of history of this uh, of Wonder Woman over on Hero Movie Podcast on our Wonder Woman episode, or mm-hmm. uh, well, two of them actually, uh, one from the most right. recent movie, and then one uh, referring back to the uh, television program itself. Uh, but uh, so we, I knew a good bit about this ahead of time uh, due to that kind of research and stuff. I, I would surmise you probably knew a little bit too because you're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, you are. You're one of those. Things. I need to read stuff. No things. What a jerk off. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's been a generally kind of a big boom in uh, Wonder Woman uh, histories and um, scholarly and otherwise books about the character, the history um, the book about Professor Marston that came out uh, in the past, like five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just been a lot of stuff circulating around. So I'd read a few things. Um, yeah. So I was pretty familiar going into this. Uh, yeah. I, I will say um, before we contextualize any of this, uh, even this movie does not actually prepare you for the kinky shit that's in Wonder Woman comics at the time. (laughs) I will say that wholeheartedly uh, without reservation. Like, even if you watch this movie and you get it, you will still look at Wonder Woman comics and go, holy shit, this is 1943? Like, that kind of shit. You'll just be like, oh, fuck. Hmm. Now I was I now I'd not read any kind of uh you know golden age wonder woman or anything like that just uh give, give us a give us a taste. <laughs> well, I mean like it, it it puts some of it into the film uh like outright um like just like literally people are just fucking tied up and and shit on every fucking page and it is overt. It is not like um, yeah, when you see some of the panels, you're just like, I yeah, clearly so, know so what this is. <laughs> like, and this is not an exaggeration. And and in fact, in the film, he makes like Gaines, the publisher, William Gaines, uh, who, of course, started EC Comics after this period. Um, like he tell he tells him like, oh, we've got to cut this by 50 or 60 percent. 
because they're starting to get uh, complaints from the Catholic League of Decency, right? Um, and and uh, there's that joke, the next issue, uh, they're working on it, and the, um, the artists are all working on it and throwing the issue together. And uh, like one of the artists uh, turns to him, he's like, hey, this has uh, like twice the amount of kink in it than the last issue. And he says, yeah, three times, actually. <laughs> so and, and that's not really an exaggeration. I mean, like you can go and, and pull up. I mean, like <laughs> like there's a panel uh, like here. Let's just type in on Google Golden Age Wonder Woman. And there's a panel, the first one, right, that's on there is Diana with her, uh, it's Wonder Woman, with her hand on her, uh, with a thought bubble. It says, uh, if girls want to be slaves, there's no harm in that. The bad thing for them is submitting to a master or to an evil mistress like Paula. A good mistress could do wonders with them, right? Um, it's... It really is nuts. Uh, on Paradise Island, where we play many binding games, this is considered the safest method of tying a girl's arms. <laughs> right? Uh, like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I don't think that at all. All I'm saying is this movie does not even actually prepare you for how kinky those Golden Age Wonder Woman comics actually are. Yeah, you, you, you Which you'll is see... kind of a miracle, because this movie <laughs> is full of fucking kink. Yeah, you'll you'll see some panels and stuff like that, but you know it's not like we sit here and uh, and dwell too much on it. I guess no, yeah, and and it is a big like part of the movie, um, but it's also like I don't know this movie does stuff I think really interestingly given the subject matter in ways that a lot of other things that are maybe in this uh, kind of realm of film. Um, or story don't do or would do completely differently. Okay. Do you under, does that make any sense at all? Uh, kind of. I mean, elaborate. What, I, what I'm saying is like there. So, so this film is all about like polyamory and um, lifelong relationships. I mean, this these people were not. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, the, <laughs> the basics are the are this, right? Like, uh, Marston and his wife were psychologists, scientists, um, and they were interested in emotion, right? That's what they were studying. Uh, they, in uh, the 1920s, the late 20s um, and early 30s, uh, formed a relationship with a graduate, with a, I think graduate student, might have been an undergrad. Mm. Um, in any case... Um, they form a, a relationship because they all love one another and they have like this They like both women have Marston's kids. They live together as a family. Uh, they formulate a lie, uh, about her being, um, uh, like someone who was taken in by the family. Um, and this goes on for decades. And in fact, after Marston dies, like, uh, his wife, um, Elizabeth, and Olive, their uh, partner, like they stay together until Olive dies, and then she lives for long beyond that. Actually, yeah. Uh, so, so they she were stuck in, in there, boy, man. She was like, did say she was like a hundred or something when she died? It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Um, and so you know they they had this very long relationship. They were in a committed relationship, but it's also about like one thing that um, mostly 
William and Olive get into uh, is is bondage, but it kind of becomes a thing that all of them get off on in various ways. Um, and And so that's what kind of is forming the core of what this movie is about is their relationship as this polyamorous unit, this family, uh, their embracing of um, perhaps in the time non-acceptable uh, sexuality and relationship fr- uh, freedom and things like that. Well, that's the thing, especially uh, at this time, like they're not just, they don't just have one taboo, they have several. And so that's what, like, it's like it would be bad enough in society if you had one of these things. When you have several of those things, then all of a sudden you're 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 the real freak here, you know. And and one thing that they don't get into this movie and into in this movie in any real depth, although there's kind of lip service paid to it, is that like Marston really did believe that women were like better than men, not only equal but like better than. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, there were all kinds of silly thoughts back then, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> well, except that, like, you, you think, like, 1928 through 1947, right? Definitely not a not a trait that a lot of males not, had. No. Yeah, this is not something that most people thought. Uh, men, in particular, is what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it's really kind of an astounding story. Um, yeah. What do you think of the movie, Adam? It was pretty good. I, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was done. Uh, it's an it's an it's it's interesting that it's released on as many screens as it has been because this is uh, very much much kind of an art housey type film, you know. Yeah, well, and I this think is that's playing why... in multi megaplexes, you know. Yeah, yeah. They released this thing on what twelve hundred screens, sixteen hundred, something like that. Twelve twenty nine. It looks like. Uh, yeah, this is a movie that would be considered a success if they had released it on like 400 screens. Yeah. Right. Like right now it has a $600 average, which is not a lot, but you release this thing on 400 screens and leave it there. This is an art house hit. Oh right. yeah, yeah. If you if you'd have just put this but, in the art house theaters, you you probably would be it, it it would seem to be faring a lot better. Yeah. Well, so this this is what's interesting though is uh, this is the third film this year that's been distributed by Annapurna, mm-hmm. right? Which uh, finally branched out into distribution themselves after going through a lot of different companies, mostly I think Paramount because. Megan Ellison had a working relationship there because of her brother's production company, Skydance. So anyway, um, Annapurna has been releasing basically art house films, right? Like Detroit was a big one, but that movie also is kind of an art film um, or would play really well to that crowd. But Annapurna has taken these things and just kind of like, yeah, we're going to dump it in 1,200 theaters and just see what happens. Yeah, it's it's, it's been... Mm, interesting. And unfortunately oh, for Annapurna, what I think they're finding out is that um, that there's a reason that the art house market is what it is. And I don't know that I agree with it. Uh, and I, I applaud uh, Ellison and company for doing what they are doing, which is kind of like, let's just throw this shit in some theaters. You know, we've got the money behind happens. us. We've got the capital. Let's see what what happens. See how we can kind of think about reaching different audiences. I got that. My daddy works at Google Money, son. 
uh, Oracle, or, right? So it's even things. bigger. <laughs> um, but but she doesn't even have to rely on that anymore, right? No, because, she doesn't. Like, Annapurna's been a very successful company for uh, closing in on a decade now. And um, now they have like a lot of capital. They're in the position right now that like Miramax was in in like 92. Yeah, she's, or, she's made like that, her company's uh, made a lot of very smart choices. So. Yeah. Or that, um, or that Lionsgate was in kind of like fifteen years ago, two thousand and five ish, right? Where where like they they'd gotten a lot of good um, stuff out, and they've made money, and they've become profitable, and now they can afford to make some risky maneuvers and see kind of what works and how big they want to go after that. Uh, the other big thing Annapurna did, and then we'll get back to talking about Wonder Woman this year. Is um is they launched an interactive division and the game they put out is uh really fucking good. Which was that one? I remember seeing they were um, some game, but I forget. Shit, what hold it was. on, Annapurna Interactive. And because I remember seeing the trailer and then there it right came when up it came and out, I was like, I what? Fucking, yeah, no. uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Oh. it's good. It's worth checking out. You can get it on Steam for really cheap. Um, anyway. So Professor Marston is an art film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes out in this wide release. It does not do well. But I think it's a movie that people really should see. Yeah, everybody it is a is really... really intriguing story. Mm-hmm. The There is less sex in this movie than a lot of other movies, but I think that it's handled a lot better. And yeah, it's uh, and it's like, um, it's sensual. Yeah, well, yeah. what I was going to say is, like, you know, there's, you watch something that, like, like, you watch, uh, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, right? We've yeah. both seen those. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Like, they're fine, right? It's just, like, there's something that's weirdly clinical about them. Yeah. This movie, with far less nudity and far less, like, overt anything that's really just about these relationships, like, there is a kind of an uh, electric eroticism that, like, rides uh, rides through the scenes in here i mean like even something that is not that explicit although visually i mean it's very explicit what's going on but the very first time that anything happens that's erotic uh, or sensual is them observing this sorority spanking ritual mm-hmm. and marston slides a hand up his wife's dress because she's turned on watching olive spank this girl mm-hmm. right and that scene alone has like more just raw sexual power than most things I've ever seen yeah. in a movie. And it's, I mean, like it's really good. Like, like it's really good filmmaking, you know? Um, and I, and I think it's worth noting, uh, that, um, that this is a, a director who is a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, kind of like, I don't know. It's really amazing actually, uh, what, what she's able to achieve, I've never, I've never seen scenes like this handled this well. Yeah, she actually. made Luke Evans act well. Can you believe it? Yeah, and I only, I'm not some Luke <laughs> I, Evans I, hater. I'm but, not either, but, right, but like, like he doesn't pick a lot of really great stuff, <laughs> unfortunately. But this yeah, but is good. It shows he also, you how in a lot of movies be. functions as like he in in most of his movies he kind of just functions as like a presence, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. He's good. He's got a presence, uh, but here, like, he really delivers on this role. He acts. Um, He's an appealing, likable guy. You could understand why women would be attracted to him. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Um, 
He's smart. But, like, but I mean, and by the way, guys, he's really smart. He's eloquent, right? Like, it's it's yeah. like this movie. Also, Rebecca fucking Hall oh, continues her. continues to be like maybe the best working actress. I love that screen. big old giant maybe. neck. <laughs> What's that? I said I love that big old giant neck. I don't she's know why so, she's but just, she's, she's so great. fucking good, man. If you you look at stuff like. You you remember uh, the one she made with um, uh, what's his name a couple years back the gift yeah the gift with uh, right. uh, Bateman Dred- with Joel Edgerton yeah yeah she's um, great in that fucking amazing in that uh, she was uh, good in the BFG mm-hmm. I think both of us like that I liked it yep, a lot yep. um, back in the town closed circuit a yeah. few years yeah closed closed circuit yeah she's, she's just hitting it man uh, like she's just uh, and been- then. Great, but did but did you see her last year in uh, in Christine? It's on Netflix now. No, finally. I can't see that. Did you see this? Mm-mm. So so this is the so this is a movie that's a she plays a reporter um, who uh, in the 1970s uh, like committed suicide on television. Mm-hmm. And like is the first uh, the first person ever who committed suicide on television, like live right. on TV. And and it's called Christine. She's really good in it, um, but it's it's all she plays the title character. She's fucking amazing, hmm. and uh, here she's really great too. I love Rebecca Hall, man. Like, I will watch her in anything. Yeah, she's she's, she's really like, good. She's, she delivers every time she's on screen. I've never seen a bad performance, or or even a misfit really. Like, I don't think she she's one of these actresses that. Uh, takes roles and doesn't fit in it i think sometimes she's in bad movies right like uh wasn't she in that johnny depp movie that uh, no one's all back, yeah the the he was the hologram or, or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah that movie was bad but she was great yeah <laughs> so but yeah it's 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 definitely uh she's good to everybody everybody's really good in this and like um it does the great thing that movies do which was uh at the end because it's based on a real thing we get to see pictures of all the real people, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Thank Christ, we Hollywooded this up and got some beautiful people in here." Because <laughs> <laughs> well, none I of mean, those people are attractive at all, and we're just like, "Oh, thank God, all these people are so pretty." <laughs> but that's all like completely beside. Oh them, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I kind of really just love this movie. It was, um, it was. Uh, I honestly, I was not expecting a whole bunch, and it was, it was, it was thoroughly enjoyable. So yeah, so that's uh, Professor. So Morrison I'm going to say this: this fucking you got to go see this thing. If it's out uh, still this next week, while while you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, well, I was on the like, go see it. It's really at good. least from some of the things that I've seen, it looks like it's at least getting an, at least for, at least in the Charlotte area, it looks like it's getting at least one more week in the theaters. It, it seems to be so. Uh, you know, see it while you can because it, it probably won't be out for too too awful more long. So no, it, it's not. It's not making the money to keep it out in theaters. Like like the theaters themselves are going to dump it. So yeah. So get out there, check it out. Uh, definitely. I, again, I I, w- I was surprised. That I was like, eh, this might be all right. It's actually pretty darn good. It's it's well made, and um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward uh, for more from this director. This is the this is the chick that brought us Debs back in the day. You remember that? Uh huh. <laughs> so yes, I do. So uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward. So more more stuff there. Great great performances from everybody, and uh, for a story that I don't think a whole lot of people know. You know, and if you've ever asked yourself, hey man, where did the lie detector come from? It came from the guy who invented Wonder Woman. So check that shit out, bud. 
All right. Here is the trailer for our last new release review of the week. Here's a trailer for Happy Death Day. Oh, hey. You're up. Am I in a dorm room? Yeah. I folded your pants for you. Great. Dude, did you hit that? Oh, what? Stop global warming. You sneaky little biatch. Maybe you should switch to water next time. Super helpful. Don't be late. Two party tonight. Okay. Bye. Bye. Tree. Happy birthday. You scared me. Yeah. Look, I know this isn't gonna make any sense. Stop global warming. Hey. I feel like I'm losing my mind. You sneaky little biash. Happy birthday. I've already lived through this day. Somebody's gonna kill me tonight. So you can hear now. <gasps> Is everything okay? Shut up! Shut up! Assuming that I believe any of this is even possible. Sprinklers. Car alarm. The way I see it, you have unlimited amount of lives. Unlimited opportunities to solve your own murder. So I'm supposed to keep dying until I figure out who my killer is? You want to live to see tomorrow, right? Whoever's killing you knows it's your birthday. Pretty much the entire school knows it. These are signs of major trauma. You should be dead. You relive the same day over and over again. Kind of start to see who you really are. That was a trailer for Happy Death Day, our last new release review of the week. IMDb plotline, a college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. It's directed by Christopher Landon, written by uh, comic book scribe Scott Lobdell, and uh, starring Jessica Roth and uh, Israel Brochard, I believe is his name. Uh yeah man so this is a uh this thing is was a Blumhouse picture that does what Blumhouse uh-huh. does they sell you a high concept they give you a good trailer and then they do what Blumhouse does they deliver a good flick Yeah I I enjoyed this movie I don't think it was great or anything but like I did enjoy it um it falters a little bit at the end for me but we can talk about why in a bit Interesting cuz I thought it kind of came back together but- a little bit at the end uh, only because of uh, topicality. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. And, we, and we'll we'll chat. I'm not. I don't. I don't think it's even a serious mark against it. I enjoyed the shit out of this. I had fun, which is what I wanted to have. Yeah. So I mean, basically, just to give you guys the easiest of 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 uh, explanation of this movie, if you didn't put it together by the trailer, this is gra- This is hor- Groundhog Day, the horror movie. Yep. 
And and in fact, there is a joke about it being Groundhog Day and her never having seen the movie in the movie. Which is great. I mean, I, I, yeah. I love a world that will just say, yes, we're aware of this. No kidding. It's what we're yeah. doing here. Just shut up. Um, yeah. Uh, so that joke works, right? Like the, like Israel Broussard's character, uh, just, uh, he's like, so it's like Groundhog Day. She's like, what? It's What's like that? the movie Groundhog Day. Which is, <laughs> which is honestly, it's, it's funny because there is a group of people that will go to see this that have never seen Groundhog Day and do not know what it is. They, yeah, well, of course it's everyone, almost everyone who's below the age of 25. Yeah, and and the thing is, is this is like a I, could, I could go to clone, class and ask so. my students, "Have you seen Groundhog Day?" And one out of thirty of them would raise their hand and say yes. And do you then go and slap all the other twenty nine in the face and say, "What are you doing with your life?" I just go like, "What do you guys do? Watch YouTube or something?" Shake their heads and just go, "Oh gosh." But yeah, I, like that's the biggest fucking shift in in this. Uh, like I just don't understand watching YouTube all day. Listen, I know there are people to do it, but I don't fucking get it. I listen. Like, I, oh, I'm gonna I, watch I, people I, on I watch, webcams all fucking day. I watch a I watch a decent bit of YouTube. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, and uh, but a lot of it's more like you know, a bit, bit better created content. More more watching people on webcams all day. That's more Twitch, but you know. In any case, yeah. Well, that's a lot of it too, right? People watching Twitch, I guess. But in any case, I'm not really judging. It's just like, how the fuck do you not watch movies yeah. or TV? Uh, anyway, the problem that I have um, is gleeful ignorance of not knowing. And then you're proud of it. It's just like, I don't know that shit. And then you're smiling about it going like, like, like you should be proud of that. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, um, so, so yeah, th- this movie plays exactly like that. It is PG 13, but there is, uh, some blood in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kills actually, most of them are pretty fun and inventive. Um, like how she does, like there's, there's one that like is not even the killer that really it's great because it's kind of a surprise when it happens. Yeah. It's, it, that's, what's nice about it is that it's not always the same thing. It's not, um, but you, you get a little bit of the groundhog day where you're kind of getting it through everything, and, uh-huh. but it never, but I, what I do also like though is something that the groundhog day did not have was the cumulative effects of her dying that are happening to her body. Yeah. Cause every time she, uh, reanimates the next day, um, right. Like she still has scar tissue from her previous injury. Yeah. So there's like, everything's kind and of I building think that's up a clever inside. Twist, it's which, cool. Which Scott Lobdell would come up with. Yeah. Because, because he's an X-Men writer. <laughs> exactly. This will be your next X Men. Right, like, <laughs> like, I mean, this is like, this is him. Like, well, this is what would happen with Wolverine. So uh, there, <laughs> perfect. Uh, wrap it up. We're done. <laughs> I was, I was like really surprised that Scott. Like when that came up, my uh, my buddy Chris, who I went to see the movie with, he he just turns and goes, "Is that the Scott Lobdell?" Yeah, it's one of those things when you see, it, you're <laughs> just like, like, "Well, that can't be right." Well, that's I told him I was like, I think he wrote like Man of the House. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, it's him. Because hmm. <laughs> he did. He wrote the fucking Tommy Lee Jones sorority movie. You, you remember that? Oh, I remember the movie. I did not know he wrote that. Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he did the screenplay, but he totally did write that movie. Like like story idea or something. Wow. Uh, I remember from looking it up last week. But yeah, <laughs> I did remember he was involved in that. Wow. Because I, I like Scott Lobdell okay. Like his X-Men stuff is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. Just a piece of trivia, Scott Lobdell, 
X-Men uh, writer, very prominent X-Men writer. Oh, like, big time back in the uh, 90s. I mean, uh, like so big that uh, like he, he ushered in the animated series, basically. Um, but like, yeah, he, he wrote a fucking Tommy Lee Jones comedy about Texas uh, sheriff or ranger or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, in charge of a sorority. So. That trailer looked ridiculous. That look I don't know what that thing was about, but I just I remember seeing the trailer and I'm just like, what is this? Uh-huh. Yeah. But this is this is fun. Uh I, I like the uh I like the mask for the uh for the killer in this thing. Uh, yeah, it's I, just creepy <laughs> enough, but it's but it's also in the same traditional lines of everything from Michael Myers mask to, you know, to Jason's mask, which test technically was never supposed to be a, a real thing. That was supposed to just change after you know uh, part three, right? Uh, but they yeah, but it was so popular and iconic. He, he was wearing a different thing every time. Right? Yeah, so they 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 kept that uh, with their uh, Michael Myers, all that kind of jazz. So it's a scream mask was just a regular Halloween store thing. So I like that that kind of still keeps in that sort of vibe and everything, and it is kind of a, a great whodunit. There are a lot of you know kind of red herrings that are sitting out there, just going, "Hey, here's here's what this is," and and while at the same time. A lot of the stuff goes through and, you know, the kind of obvious people are taken down and it's like, oh, it's clearly not this person. It's clearly not this person sort of thing. Um, and you figure, hey, I've got this thing figured out. I know exactly where it goes. There are a couple of lines kind of towards the the last uh, third that, that take a couple of different directions that you're not quite expecting, uh, which makes you feel like the movie is a little bit smarter than you probably would have given it credit for when you first started it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, th I think those twists are very uh, well played and well handled, and I appreciated them being there. So I think storyline-wise and plot-wise, this movie really comes together at the end. Uh, where I think that it falters just a little bit is um, <laughs> it doesn't quite go into the direction of like being a really interesting commentary on uh, like campus rape culture, for example, mm -hmm. which it approaches, right? It like gets right up to the fucking precipice. And right before that, uh, like second uh, reveal at the end of why she's still waking up, I was like, Oh, this is going to be fucking like spot on on this. This is what's going to happen. And then it doesn't do that, which, you know, is fine. It works plot wise. But I was like, Oh, so this is not going to actually do this that it totally could do organically and really well and, and like have something to say. Um, it do, I just thought like on the uh, social commentary front, which is something that horror films uh, are very good at doing, I just felt like it didn't quite get there. But I still liked all of the plot twists at the end. No, I mean, I, I can understand that. I mean, like, I, I just want my, my horror to like you know, be about the weird shit too. And, and, uh, and give us some, some thoughtful, uh, cartilage. Yeah. For, for me, it's just like, uh, that, that comes as a lovely bonus to the, uh, to the goodness of it. I mean, like, like, give me, give me the good thing first and then, and then talk about it. And then, you know, any underlining but, stuff have that. Right. And I think, what secondary. I think my only part that's disappointed is that like, it so clearly delivers on that goodness part of it. Mm hmm. Right. Like, like there's no, like I have no qualms on, on the deliverance of, of those goods. Um, but, uh, but I did, I did, I was just like, Oh, you can do this. You can do it. And then it didn't do it. And I was a little let down by that. 
I can understand. That said, those twists are good. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It was just it was it was a thing like because I'll be honest, the majority of people out there will just like you know a fourth of the way through just go, I got this. We all good. Or, hell, maybe even before then, just go like I know where everything is going here. Oh, I, as soon as I saw the cop, right? Like I was like, oh, there's something. That's what's going to be what's going on at some level. Yeah. So right. So it, it like does it does a really good job of projecting a whole lot of stuff to the audience. And then still keeping you like guessing at the end a little bit, like why in the fuck is this still happening? But and it's also like when reveals happen, they're not reveals that you just go impossible. You just go, oh, oh yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's it's nothing that like is and, so out and of the left final field. Reveal of like of why and who is so subtle throughout the whole movie. It's nice. It's it yeah. was like it it's a nice. It was it was far more refreshing for this film than I could have imagined it to be for sure. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'd say that sounds like two uh, two good recommendations for you, man. You could do a lot worse this uh, this 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 uh, Halloween season than going out and yeah. seeing Happy Death Day, guys. Spe- speaking of a lot worse, you could go this weekend and see a movie we'll be really uh, reviewing next week. Yeah, man. Uh, because next week we're going to be talking about the Snowman, which which trailer I'm going to point out. I'll point it out now, and I'll point it out before we play it next week. Who I think, except for maybe one line, everything in that is just like like from Trailer School 101. Of like every cliched thing that you could possibly ever hear someone say in a trailer, they jammed all into that trailer. It's spectacular. And we'll also be talking about Geostorm, a movie that was filmed a couple years back, but for some reason, uh, probably because it was a super good movie, they put it on yeah, their it shelf. Got, it for got like, caught up in... Uh, in- um, some other shit, I think. Mm, uh, maybe. I want to. I want to <laughs> say it was caught up in that relativity shit. Maybe. Maybe. I'll give them. I'm gonna hold on. Let me. If I, I'll let me look up the production company. But I'm pretty sure that's where, like, what happened. Now, Dean Devlin. That's the. That's the guy who directed this thing. Why do I? Because he's the producer of uh, like Independence Day and stuff. He also. Okay. Um, yeah, he he was uh, what's his name? Emmerich's producer for a long time and screenwriter. Like he he wrote he wrote Independence Day. I think that's right. That's right. I he definitely so. wrote the fucking Godzilla movie. I know that. Um, but yeah, he was like he was his producer for a while. Gotcha. That makes more sense than coming from seeing the trailer and everything. Uh, so we covered Geostorm, the Snowman. Uh, also coming out, uh, only the Brave. Uh, about the firefighters and whatnot. That is a firefighter movie, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It has a terrible fucking name, but apparently is quite good. So I yeah. look forward to watching it. It's rolling it as of this recording, ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too bad. Something I doubt would ever come into the Rotten Tomatoes, though. Also, is uh, Tyler Perry's Boo Two, a Medea Halloween. This uh, movie was a monster hit last year. The, it the was. First one. And we were so, we were gonna go see it, but like I think that's when Movie Pass just started to screw us. Yeah, it started right around then. It was just like, well, fuck this. I'm not paying a hundred bucks. Yeah, it was all of a sudden they turned it to a hundred, and we were like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then so we had to kind of curtail a lot of stuff. That's we kind of had a little fall off. But uh, we're going to see that, and I think we're going to we're going to try to uh, see the the, uh, the the other one as well, just so we can because because if you can't see Boo Boo Medea two Medea Halloween two without seeing Boo Halloween one, yeah, otherwise we'll talk your about continuity is going to be I'm all going, screwed I'm going up. to acquire the Medea movie. I'm going to buy the 4K Blu-ray. <laughs> Cuz I got to I got to right. see every pore in Tyler Perry's face. See, 
here, here's the thing. I think Tyler Perry is losing a little bit of steam, and I'm not talking about the movies or their quality or anything, but there was a time, like three, four years ago even, where uh, the like both Boo and Boo 2 would have been stage plays first and then videos of stage plays that he sold and then turned into films and then sold as DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K Blu-rays. But he's not doing that anymore. He's just making the movie, and I don't get it. He's just like, this is too he's much work, out, son. He's losing out on three previous times that he would have made money just by making this. He's he's losing his touch because his distribution is uh, weirder now. He's only going to make a billion dollars this year instead of two. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a tough life you live there, buddy. Speaking of Tyler Perry, did you see uh, that he's going to be in um, fucking, uh, fuck. God damn it, what movie is he going to be yeah, in? Yeah, that one. Mm. I was just, it was on the tip of my tongue, and then I looked at the fucking poster for Boo 2 and Medea fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking now not, now not in it. Uh, what the shit? Oh, he's he's going to play Colin Powell in the, in the uh, Adam McKay, Dick Cheney movie. Oh, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> that's so gonna be Adam, a. W- so Adam McKay is making Dick Cheney movie, this and is gonna he's gonna be play a- Colin Powell, or at least, at least as of right now. Which this is-, is the movie that Christian Bale's gaining all the fucking weight for, by the way. And apparently losing all his eyebrows. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Did you see that? It looks like he's yeah. Well, losing- whatever. I mean, he's got more fat. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> guess. Listen, I've gotten fatter over the he's years. Been, I don't look- see my eyebrows disappear. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll, well, we'll, look, we'll see. He, uh, who knew? Who, who knew? That, who knew all, that's where his career fucking, would go? You know, a lot of fucking pie. You know, Oh, uh, the old the old pie gambit. <laughs> I need more I, pie. I on wonder set, if uh, I wonder if he's like he started dyeing them to go gray. Like so, that's what I what I'm looking at here. It looks like he started like with his because uh, uh, I think in the movie he'll probably have a hairpiece or something. No, nah, like, you're probably right up, there. Yeah, no. just to kind of so reduce the hairline. Yeah. I, bet he's di- I bet he dyed them gray so that it would fit with Cheney's thing. Let me see if I can... Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. So so okay. there's a photo now of him uh, on set that that's in Vulture, the, uh, the pop culture blog uh, from New York Magazine. I'm from Vulture. Uh, <laughs> uh, of him as Dick Cheney on set, and uh, I gotta say, he looks fucking fat and like he has uh, gray eyebrows. So oh, there you go. <laughs> so there you are, uh, Amy Adams. I'm still also t- apparently put on some weight to play uh, Lynn Cheney. I so. still think he's 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 still banging on getting some sort of Guinness record for the most weight gained and lost as an actor over a career. I th- he may already have it, but. He's, I don't know. You know, he's cementing uh, like it Niro, in there, boy. De Niro did the same thing, so I'm wondering how, like, what it's actually going to be. Yeah, we need like a total Cause, weight because De Niro gained lost down a whole lot uh, and went real. He didn't go quite as emaciated, but I think he probably all said and done. Uh, he probably gained more weight for Raging Bull than Christian Bale did. Maybe. I would. I would put some. We're gonna look up some numbers here. We're gonna see you guys in the after show. We're gonna crunch fatty numbers. We're gonna crunch the fat numbers. We'll cover those in the after show for sir. Uh, for those of you that uh, uh, hit us up, patreoncom slash Uh You'll get you'll get the fat numbers right after all of this. In the meantime, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Boyd Smith. 
Uh, I'll link to whatever I'm doing there. Just follow me there. It's good. Just follow them on the things, people. You know how it is. And, of course, our other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast, HeroMoviePodcast.com. Uh, we're... I, I don't know exactly what we're doing. It's a Patreon thing, and I think we have a tied vote right now. So uh, my guess is Ooh. we may be doing Zorro the Gay Blade. All right. George that Hamilton is Zorro, boy. Yeah, that movie's great. <laughs> so we'll be, uh, I think we'll be doing that one. Uh, and, of course, uh, all the other good stuff. And uh, I, I think I'm doing mostly Nerd Talk now, actually going to be uh, streaming on Mondays. It's been doing, uh, we've had better attendance there and everything so uh check that out just go to nerdtalknow.com and uh, 10 p.m on uh mondays and that'll be uh that'll that'll hit you right on over there to the twitch page and uh like it follow it there man and you'll get little notifications as to when i go live and stuff like that now i may do some more playing south park on there as well so uh check that out if you will that is it everybody join us next week when we're talking boo medea halloween 2 or whatever the hell it's called geostorm and uh, others, stuff like that. Uh, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. See you guys next time.